Hi, and welcome back to C. Myers Live. I'm Charlene Leland, and I'm a vice president with C. Myers. And I'm Adam Johnson. I'm CEO and one of the principals. And Adam and I have been talking about liquidity, as many of you have been, and there's a, there's certainly a, a big spotlight on that now. And there's a lot of discussion about shoring up borrowing and refreshing our contingency funding plans and fine-tuning the modeling and and all these all these different aspects, and maybe some of them are kind of the technical aspects. And we thought today it would be a good idea to step back to the more strategic view of some of these issues surrounding liquidity. I think one place to start would be, um, you know, what's the mindset out there, and how does that affect how places want to handle their strategy around mm -hmm. liquidity and deposit acquisition? Sure. Well. well um, as you would expect, you know, we see a wide range of mindsets. I'll say um, what we've seen, what we think makes sense is to, to not look at this as, yes, there are certain things that are unprecedented about the environment that we're in, but some of the aspects of this, such as uh, rates going to levels that they're at and competition for funds, th those aren't unprecedented. And so, Hopefully the, the thinking, the risk management processes, but also the thinking isn't dismissing this as unprecedented such that it may never happen again. One place that we've seen uh, be effective for people to even wrap their brains around what this might look like is to look at their own experience the last time rates were in this ballpark, 15 or 16 years ago. Pull up, it takes five minutes, pull up the Pull up the call report data, if you will, um, 15, 16 years ago. Just spend just a couple of minutes looking at what your cost of funds was. Um, before, during, and after rates were on the 5% level short term. And, and what we've seen is people are, are surprised uh, by how high their cost of funds got and also how long the cost of funds were higher um, even after rates started going down. So I would echo the mindset that this, it could be short-term, but there's a decent chance that it's it's not going to be short-term, especially with the increased speed and ease of, of moving money. And so if you look at the cost of funds, uh, also look at the mixture of funds. Uh, you might be surprised to see the, the amount of money that ended up going into CDs over the course of time. It's not just what uh, people do with their own rates. Um, but also the behavior changes within their deposit mix. Yeah, so, I mean, you just said a minute ago, yeah, it could be short-term. Um, there are a lot of things pointing to it might not be short-term. So that's where I start to think, gosh, you know, let's prepare or at least think through what would happen if it isn't short-term. What are some of the solutions that, are, that we have in front of us? Well, out of the gate, as you said, we'll focus on maybe not as much of the, some of the technical balance sheet structure solutions. Uh, but one of the solutions that you know, we think makes sense is just committing and investing some time with your top talent on the issue. Um, it's been a very long time for, for many institutions since they've focused on, I'll say, deposit balance acquisition, not, not checking accounts, but deposit balance acquisition and retention. And a lot of the folks either don't remember what it was like, or maybe they weren't even in decision-making uh, roles back the last time rates were high. So just committing some time with the top talent, maybe in the strategic uh, process, uh, doing some critical thinking exercises, um, could be very valuable. And, and you know, one way to set that up is to challenge the team. 
um, you know, what would it take for us to become excellent at deposit balance acquisition and retention um, when it's not primarily rate driven? You know, what value propositions do we already have? Could we develop? And, and, and for what target market might those make sense? I, I, I love this idea because when you think back to when the, the big challenge was getting loans and the whole industry was focused on loans for a long time and rightfully so. And look at all the um, great solutions and the good thinking that went in to becoming lending machines or whatever it is that different places were trying to be. So, so much can be done with just, you know, like you say, take the time, focus on it. So I love that question. How can we become excellent at deposit balance acquisition and, and retention? So one, one way that uh, jumps out is what about all the data? we have these days. So many, many places in their strategic plans and, and their strategic actions have been focused on being great at data analysis and collecting data and all that good stuff. What kind of, What's in that data that you could use in order to help with this, with this question? Yeah, and we, it's, it's been interesting how when the team puts their focus in the context of that question, how quickly they're able to identify some opportunities with data they already have or data they could easily get. Um, and so it's been a pretty effective use of time on that. But I want to go back, you know, Charlene, as you mentioned, you know, the focus just in general on, on trying to get good at, at lending. And I'm going to call it the, the sales and service culture or asking for the business culture, the consultative um, you know, consultative, you know, as opposed to just focusing on taking requests, all of that effort that went around loans, really some great opportunity to say, can we point that effort, if we wanted to point that effort more to, to balance it towards deposit, balance acquisition and retention, how would, what, how, what would that look like? Um, could we get to the point, you know, are we even asking, are we training people to even ask questions that might give them some idea if if someone has a savings account somewhere else? Um, you know, are we set up like we are with loans to easily compare rates and convert things into dollars on how much money we could save them? Um, but if we had the equivalent on deposits, we asked the questions, we had ways of getting at, you know, understanding where someone is and easily be able to explain to them a value proposition um, how different would that look? Yeah, yeah. I mean, think about the you know next product to offer to somebody. It's been not you know exclusively focused on loans, but that's you know you put the focus where the need is, and now the need is changing. And so, yeah, what if the, what if all that thought and focus went went into deposit acquisition and retention? That's a I think that's a that's really got some some legs on that idea. And if if we even if we only knew that this person had five thousand dollars parked at Chase earning three basis points or whatever, then then it would be a natural fit. We'd be helping in the institution. And I wonder if we're set up not only just to feel good about that. You know, do we jump up and down and celebrate when someone comes in for an auto loan? Uh, and 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 they got their auto loan, but they also we also moved that five thousand dollars savings account from Chase into here. Um, the same way we would if they had walked away also with a credit card. So there's some opportunity in there just to evolve the mindset and ask different questions and, and, and evolve the focus. That's a great that's a great point. Um, I, th I think other things to think about is there's been so much focus on process improvement for lending. How easy is it 
to come in and get a loan or not, not come in. How easy is it to get a loan without coming in? Uh, maybe without even talking to anyone, uh, doing everything electronically. How does that work? What's the experience like on the on the deposit side? Is it just as easy? Are there are there you know the rings of fire? Are they reduced to the to the absolute minimum? You know, so taking again all that thought and and, and aiming it in this direction. Um, and, and, and one of the things that we've seen because we are seeing some institutions you know starting to to invest the time into having these conversations and they've been very productive is it's kind of across the organization what else might we need to evolve um you know all, all the way you know from the as you mentioned the execution and asking the right questions to how are we marketing and what does that look like um our, our priorities so how is our website laid out does it balance the lending and also some of these other areas as well and if we are able to create you know or identify a value proposition for some of these other deposits are we screaming it from the rooftops do people know about it you know, i keep thinking about when you know it became you know popular chime and and others that were promoting the you know you can have your money two days early how many institutions had something along those lines that they just did not talk about? And so they had this value proposition that wasn't even known. Um, is there anything anything along those lines that could contribute to getting some additional um, lower cost dollars in the door over the course of time? Yeah, and, and I mean, even if it, even if you don't already have those things, how hard would it be to get some of those things? You know, what about the products? I know we it's a commoditized industry. We, you know, sometimes it doesn't feel like there's anything new under the sun, but there are some some different things out there. Some of the places I've been talking to are are evaluating uh, some of the different deposit products that engage people a little bit more. So, um, you know, thinking about not just the checking, the checking, I think, like you said earlier, you made the point that there's been a lot of focus on that. But what about those other savings products, I, the, the products? Um, what's available to you. And then, as you said, you know, back to then, are you letting people, are you letting people know about it? I want to uh, just in general, all of these ideas in these areas, we have seen even carving out with the right people in the room, a couple hours in a critical thinking exercise, even if someone's in a, decides that the, they're not going to move forward um, on some of these ideas, the amount of thinking and, and ideas that they can gather um, and even a couple hours is, is is pretty impressive. Oh yeah, that's it's uh, and it's fun. <laughs> it's of course fun. It's fun. Of course, what, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we think it, we think that stuff's fun. But a, a thought, you know, when uh, you have a you spend a couple of hours and you have a whole lot of different ideas. One thought is to prioritize the ideas, and um, and that can give some guidance as to does do any of these things have legs? Which ones should be looked into a little bit further? Uh, but to your point, Adam, decisions don't need to be made at that time. But this is uh, a great way to get all those wonderful minds that you have at your institution rowing in the same direction and working on this problem. Well, thanks for joining us today. Um, if you have any questions, we'd love to hear from you talking about this. And we hope you have a great day. Thank you. Thanks.